Alright guys, welcome back to a second, our second episode of the Summer Series of The Power Supply with your hosts, David Lay and Zhang Tui. Let's get started. Okay guys, today first we're going to talk about some um, facial recognition technology, you know, some of that stuff. Yeah. A lot of that has been in the news recently for um, that aging app. What, what was it called? Like FaceApp? FaceApp. Yeah, FaceApp. Yeah. We're going to tie then, it into FaceApp. Yeah. And then there's going to be, we're going to talk about a Northeast offshore wind project. Um, we're going to talk about 3D printed houses that can be printed with within 24 hours. That's insane. And then we're going to end it off with our um, 50 anniversary of the moon landing yeah apollo 11 okay let's get started with the facial recognition technology so right. why so what zia i want to ask you what's your take on facial recognition okay right now i feel like it's quite flawed you know all right um let's look at for example apple's face id right yeah, yeah. um David and I were talking before the podcast, and he brought up a, like a kind of like a dilemma or like a situation, right? Yeah. Let's say someone takes your phone from you, they just like flash it in front of your face before you can, um, you have time to like process yeah, what's going on. Yeah, process what's going on. They they can run off with it. Um, and your phone's unlocked. Yeah. Or or like when you're sleeping, let's say like your parents want to get <laughs> into your phone when you're sleeping, they kind of just have to. <laughs> swipe it not so um they have to like scan it across your face just hold it up to your face and it's and you're good and um like on the news and online there's been multiple like instances where it's like um there's like a mistaken like face recognition you know like yeah. even though it's like not the correct person let's say like your sisters or something still lets you get through so, but like like and and like that's apple face id right that's like when 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 you're like you using the apple face id you're right up and next to it you're really close you kind of have control of the situation right you have control of the environment most of the time yeah yeah and then like even that's really flawed and then now what's been in the news is um the municipalities like the police department law enforcement the government they're trying to use it right and like imagine that it's Uh, like they're already yeah yeah yeah. with like for example like police um chases yeah or whatever Or, or like surveillance cameras right imagine weird angles bad lighting i mean like only glimpses at the face how can you trust that right so i'm i i feel like it definitely needs to be improved and like refined before it gets actually put into use yeah and recently oakland um oakland california has become the third u.s city to ban the use of facial recognition on its citizens and the, the statement they released with it is that face recognition technology runs the risk of making Oakland residents less safe as the misidentification of individuals could lead to the misuse of force, false incarceration, and minority-based persecution. And, like, all, all the points we said just, like, really summarize that up, is right? Yeah, yeah, I right. mean, like, um... I feel like the biggest fear is that the government might abuse their power, right? They might, um, uh, like, just use this facial recognition um, technology for, like, other things. Or, like, they might 
like there's it's very like for example like do you feel safe with like like how do you feel knowing you're watched yeah you're watched right isn't it like the what what like the fourth amendment that like the government can't um go go into your house i I quartering yeah quarter or something like that right like or some amendment guarantees like privacy i forget what exactly but like um yeah like it's a definitely a privacy concern and um it reminded Ziong of George Orwell's 1984 yeah like um Big Brother like uh David has not read 1984 and if you haven't it's a great book but basically it's uh like a dystopian futuristic world set in the year 1984 where like Big Brother and the government has like complete control it's um through technology right they can listen to everything hear everything that you say and um that sounds shockingly familiar to like just facial recognition and like all these cameras just watching everything yeah yeah so, and then really like like we can kind of see that right now with like china right mm-hmm, yeah so china um like one, one of china's biggest dreams is to use like implement a facial recognition system for like all of china right like um it's a very it, ambitious project. yeah so like for example like each person gets assigned a score like it's like a credit card score like uh, it's like that black mirror episode yeah yeah exactly and like your score has a lot to do with your race um your parents like your job um and yeah your like, future yeah yeah like for example some people might be able to like take out loans a lot easier go into some shops etc like go into different um provinces but right now, the biggest, like, that hasn't really been put into place. Thankfully. Yeah. But um, the biggest, I guess, uh, news or, like, noteworthy part right now is that China's using this technology in conjunction with its crackdown on the ethnic um, Muslim minority group, the Uyghurs, right, in China's yeah, yeah. western region. And... Um, this is horrible. Yeah, so basically they have like an extensive network of surveillance and they specifically look for the Uyghurs, right? Like they admittedly specifically like look for them, right? Yeah. And then just based on their appearances, because they have a like a distinctive look, I guess. They're like darker skin, they have like different facial characteristics. And um, they keep records of their movements for um, search and review, right? And this kind of ushers on a new era of automatic automated racism right yeah and, i mean it's crazy How, uh yeah i don't know man this is, this is uh, yeah for, uh, so like for example um let's say you there's um there's an ad kind of for like there's uh online there is a, a poster for it that kind of explains it in uh, one of china's housing apartments right and what it says on that poster is for example if one Uyghur comes in, like, or is spotted, right, the system takes notice, right? But let's say in, like, a week, 20 more Uyghurs appear on the cameras, then the government takes, like, extreme notice because that's considered abnormal. And um, a lot of this is used to contribute to um, the detention camps, right? There's, in China, there's all close to a million held in, like, detention camps. Yeah just because they're Uyghurs, they're Muslim, they're a minority group, and they're not part of the Han um, group. Han majority. Yeah, and it's 
this, they're making this racism really efficient. Yeah, it's like, I mean, like again, very reminiscent of nineteen eighty four. It's it's um, for example, in a course of a month, this system screened over five hundred thousand residents, right? Just in a month. Holy. And by what what I mean by screening is it checked to see if they're Uyghurs. And it also kind of checked to see if they have criminal records, mental illnesses, records of drug use, and to see if they have petitioned the government over grievances, right? So it just looked over their entire background. That's nuts. 500,000 people in 30 or so days. That's, yeah, it's crazy. And then we, we can talk about something a little closer to home for us. It's... It's probably something you guys have used, but I haven't touched it yet because I'm not. I live under a rock. Yeah, me neither, honestly. Yeah. So the this app, it's been out for two years, but recently, FaceApp has resurfaced as an internet trend because it does it does its job really, really, really well. Because like, who doesn't want to see what they might look like when they're older, right? Like all those photos you see on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter any of those mess any messaging or social app like you're gonna at least see the presence of hey look I lo- what do I look like in 30 years and like there's I feel like recently there's kind of been like a surge in like seeing like what you look like differently for example in, on, distortion on, yeah. yeah like the snapchat filter um that lets you look to see if what, oh, like what you would look girl, like yeah, a girl yeah, or, or like a male and like even before that it's like oh you would like doggy ears or yeah. something like it's a big thing it's you interesting know? you want to see something you want to see yourself in a different kind of angle right mm-hmm. yeah well basically it's doing it's, it's doing its job really well but and it, and it does it delivers right but the only concern is this um the privacy policy that you see before downloading the app because really, it's it's this long chain of text that just says, You grant FaceApp a perpetual, irrevocable, non-exclusive, royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid, transferable, sub-licensable license to use, reproduce, modify, adapt, publish, translate, create, direct... It's, it's these nouns and these verbs just go on and on. Yeah, it's, it's... Oh my gosh. So, so basically, FaceApp has total ownership of these photos yeah pretty like because the whole because your smartphone alone does not have the technology to handle this so what it does is that it takes a picture of your face sends it uploads it to the cloud where your where the company receives it and then the company supercomputers and ca- computing powers they alter the photo and then the, you download it back through like the cloud and then service and data and all that stuff but really, you've just sent them a photo of you, and they all now have ownership of that photo, and that that along with that photo comes like location coordinates and like IP addresses and all that. Yeah, like that's and like all of this just started, like like David said, this app has been out for over two years, and this started recently because you see a lot of celebrities. Um, Posting pictures on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just sharing it out on their social medias, what they look like. 30 years or something. Yeah, for 30 yeah. years. And um, I feel like that, again, just shows, like, 
the modern age and like the power of social media and like influencing normal people i feel like this is no the issue here isn't so much that oh you're the government is stealing your data or yeah. you're being sold out to like third parties is not that's not really the issue here uh-huh. the issue here is like the lack of attention to these privacy policies exactly and like that like how we should probably start thinking about this entire app ecosystem having them all let a kind of guard down you know yeah like yeah i like i've personally i've never used this app but it's not because i was like safe where i read the um the privacy or whatever like statement at, at the beginning it was just because like i kind of live like i didn't know about it until recently and I learned about it because I heard, like, other people yeah, using it, yeah, yeah, and like because like people people on the news are like informing others of like such like privacy concerns, and then that is how I heard about it. So I like didn't fall into that this like same hole. Yeah. So basically, like, I don't mean to be a killjoy, but like, maybe we should start thinking. We we have to get better at drawing lines for privacy. So really, this is this is not so much that. Oh, you can have fun with this face app. Just make sure you know in the future where you draw the line. Exactly. And um, I guess since we're talking about some new and upcoming technologies, David, can you explain to us what this um, these new major U.S. offshore wind projects are? Right. So, New England, uh, northeastern states mm-hmm. have. Um, have this idea of just um, a major U.S. offshore like wind project because that we have so much wind here, it might as, you might as well take advantage of it. And with all like like in Connecticut, there's a bunch of like nuclear power plants, coal mines, and everything. They're shutting down. They're retiring. So to make up for that lack of energy, that for, to make up for that niche, they're thinking about replacing it with wind power. And is this just like normal wind power or is it like this is uh yeah just but there's just lots of complications with it first off the cost because where you're gonna get the resources from to buy all this stuff and then second there's a lot of like agreements you have to go through like even though this is what like you're just placing like turbines there you have to like go through lots of paperwork got get a lot of documents done and then most of the companies that are responsible like that were contracted to build these wind turbines they're not u.s based companies because the u.s doesn't really do that right they're mostly um other they're they're from europe usually so like there's that distance you also have to pay for okay so what are your like thoughts on like this project like is it feasible is it what we should be doing I personally, um, I feel like in the long run, it's a very, very, very good idea. I love, I love the f- um, idea of having something sustainable. Mm-hmm. And even though it might be like a huge hit right now, yeah, we should start investing for the future. Because, you know, we're not gonna, we don't, we kind of want to take advantage of the Earth's natural, re- sustainable resources. And I don't really like the idea of having, like, to go outside with a gas mask every day or oxygen being sold 
two families. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, like this is uh, definitely like, like a stride. Rec- recently, I saw this ad that was like oxygen or the like air embodied as a person, mm-hmm. and it was like air was a, sometimes a good guy, yeah. and sometimes a bad guy, and then when it turned into a good guy in the end of the ad, it was like really this like air purifier machine inside the house and this was an asian family too <laughs> so like you can already tell china pollution asia pollution and the air pollution inside they're gonna have something that filters the air and everything yeah, so i find yeah. that i find that really interesting how we have to we have to even think about purifying our air i know well on a happier note there is another <laughs> new technology we're going to talk about and it's going to be um, the Icon houses, right? Yeah. So Icon is this um, company um, that's um, hoping, or like they are print, hoping to print uh, three, 3D print houses. Dude, have you ever 3D printed anything before? I am have, cool, like a chess piece I have, yeah, actually. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to 3D print entire houses, which is insane. But what's so special about this is, first of all, they're doing it within 24 hours. Right, and second of all, like their dream, right? So they're hoping to have to do it to kind of alleviate the housing crisis, right? Because according to them, so first of all, their three, I guess, main points are the their three, I guess, main issues with housing is they believe it's not affordable, it's not sustainable, and it's not available, right? Yeah. So the average person can't afford a home. Home building is inefficient and wasteful, and over a billion people in the world do not have adequate shelter. And they're trying to like address these issues by 3D printing houses that are both like both quickly and cheaply. So they're hoping to sell um, these like so like for example, they're hoping to s- enable individuals in the U.S. to download and 3D print their own homes in 24 hours. And they're gonna be around like 2,000 square feet, and they would cost what like, um, way lower than yeah, traditional. Yeah, like the 600 to 800 square feet houses, which are planned to be not for um private, like not not for me or you to buy. They're for like they're serving as like community homes for the underdeserved population. Or they the, would be approximately years. like yeah. 4,000 per home, which is extremely cheap. Like yeah. $4,000 for a home, like. Yeah, and these these houses actually don't look that bad. I know they're very like stylish, and like you have your own say in designing these houses. You can like kind of just like three D print your wildest dreams, you know. It's kind of nuts. I know. And, like, it's not in. It's I I guess it's like way more sustainable too. Like yeah, all like, the innovations that could come with creating stronger, lighter, and cheaper materials that, you know, and the like all the wood here. Like, you know, it just it just looks more like yeah. natural. And it looks like, more home built. But at the same time, I kinda like I like big glass windows. No, I feel you but like also uh like going off of what you said on sustainability, like traditional house building you see like a bunch of workers they have to like I don't know, like have, like dig or whatever, build take out the foundation. I don't know submitting. No, now that you brought that up, that's a good Point. like what happens to the people that build houses like, yeah the, yeah that, the, that's fair like, yeah i feel like okay like building new houses isn't like the biggest industry 
That's true because they're running out of space. Right? Yeah, like you, like I, like I, I definitely see a lot of distraction for like big mm. like buildings. Like for example, like the new Starbucks at like Cushing Square, but I don't really see that many things where it's like, oh, I have a personal house. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Mostly it's like renovating. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Yeah. That's what, guys, new ha- 3D printing houses, that's a very, very viable idea in the future. Yep. Especially now that society's getting, like, not marrying as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, like, people are not li- living by themselves and they're not buying in bulk anymore because they don't, like, use yeah. that much. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh,. So last of all, the, last of all, I mean, uh, two days ago from the filming of this episode on July twentieth, and then fifty years before that, it was the Apollo eleven moon landing. It's nuts. Yeah, and like as a science and technology mm-hmm. podcast, we felt like it was kind of our duty to commemorate. Oh yeah, commemorate. Yeah. Um, it was definitely before both of our times. Uh, yeah. uh, pro- before my parents time most likely yeah most likely yeah and um i mean like but give i from stories from like science teachers and other um figures in my life I, I i've gotten the sense that like how important that like um that television broadcast was uh, how important like neil armstrong apollo 11 moon landing was for american society like in school we learned about like the space race yeah. yeah. Like, it, it must have been so impactful. Like, we that's just, a like, huge, that's a huge yeah. accomplishment. And, like, I, I couldn't really imagine, like, what it would be like that day or, like, that moment where it's, like, or you're watching you the feel? TV. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, that, that's a new feeling of accomplishment. And, like, American pride. Like, that's crazy. Like, I mean, like, who, like, I feel like at that time, like, almost everyone would be, like, on their TVs watching it. Yeah. Ready, like, yeah, yeah. And like given that it like it worked, it, like that that was, this was during the Cold War, um, the U.S. and the Russians were pitted against in a space race, like. Yeah, and we the uh, U.S. did it. Yeah. Also, fun fact: Did you know that the computers aboard the Apollo 11 have less computing power than the first iPhone? No, I did not know that, it's but that that is how very crazy. Did you know that now we know that one iPhone can launch a launch a rocket. <laughs> so next time you complain about your slow iPhone, just remember it can launch a ro- it can freaking control yeah. Apollo. Yeah. That is crazy. Like, uh, well, happy 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Yeah, guys, and um. And we'll catch you next time. Yep. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>